Our scripture lesson this morning is from the book of Acts, the 16th chapter, beginning with the 6th verse. And they, Paul and his companions, went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia, was standing there urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Let's pray. Father God, I pray for this, your word. I pray that you'd bless it today and help us to understand what you have to say uh, to us through these stories. I pray that you would use me as your vessel, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are continuing our uh, series here, and uh, we are talking about the Holy Spirit in this foundational triad. And uh, as we look at this this morning, this is the, the third part of our series. And uh, this morning we're going to be looking at this section that's entitled, in my Bible anyways, uh, called the Macedonian Call. Uh, as we think about this call today, uh, I think back to the European sailors in the 1600s. And uh, when they began to explore the New World, they came across a phenomena right around the equator. It was on five degrees to either side of the equator, and it was a... Uh, very interesting area because there were, at certain times of the year, uh, very calm winds. And this area was nicknamed the doldrums. Uh, the doldrums was this area where uh, a, a ship could be stranded because of the lack of wind for days, weeks, and even sometimes months. And uh, as that vessel was stranded there, uh, chaos would ensue on the vessel. Uh, many times mutinies happened. Captains were thrown overboard. Uh, people began to starve. The sail sailors uh, began to die of thirst. And so it was a very dangerous area for them because they would be going along fine and they would wake up the next day and the sails would be limp sometimes for many weeks. And so in John 3, 8, we see that Jesus is, related, uh, is relating the Holy Spirit as being like the wind. And so the wind blows, but you don't see it. You only see the effects of it. For instance, a, a tree uh, might be moving or the sails might be filled. In Acts, uh, when Pentecost came, there was a sound as a mighty rushing wind that had gone through that upper room. The Holy Spirit coming to fill the disciples for power. And uh, during that prayer time, he filled them so that they could go out in boldness and accomplish their mission. And so my question for you this morning is, how are your spiritual sails? Are they hanging limp with no wind of the Spirit blowing in them? Or are they filled with the Spirit moving you along in the mission that God has for you? Are you in the Christian doldrums? In today's text here, we're going to see a life filled with the Spirit and some lessons on how we can be led by the Spirit. And so first of all, we see here in this text that being led by the Spirit takes preparation getting ready for the journey. First of all, on each ship we see a charter from the master. 
This is a mission or a responsibility of the ship. The ship is fitted in such a way in order to accomplish this mission or this job that the master or the owner desires for it to have. Paul, Silas, and Timothy here have been strengthening the churches. We see this in verse 5 where it says, So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. And so they had a charter from the master. They had a particular mission, and that mission was to strengthen the churches, increasing the numbers of the local church. And notice that the Holy Spirit here is called the Spirit of Jesus, indicating that he is God, because in other places, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of God, as in Romans 8.14, where it says that all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And so Jesus, we see, is that owner. He's that master that has given you this charter. He's given you particular gifts. He's given you uh, uh, specific things that you're supposed to do. Uh, perhaps a ship would be fitted as a warship. And so maybe God has equipped you to be battling against the forces of darkness. Or maybe a ship is a cargo ship, and uh, it has that kind of charter. And so as that kind of ship in your life, you may be bringing good news or gifts to the poor or downtrodden. Or maybe you're uh, a cruise ship, bringing joy and uh, refreshing to the body of Christ. Next, we see here that being led by the Spirit takes a destination. Where are we going? Uh, initially, when we think about our destination and the destination of a ship, they need very many maps. And uh, we have a general map, don't we, in the Bible here. The scriptures are a map that shows us our general mission as a Christian. But we also have specific maps for the individual. And so the Holy Spirit, uh, as he leads us in our lives, uh, will never contradict this main general map. And so if you see anything that uh, you feel like you're being led to that con is contrary to Scripture, uh, you know that that is not from the Lord, it's not from the Holy Spirit. And so you need to be very careful about that. Uh, we also know that there are detours on the journey. Uh, many times there are detours that happen with ships. Ships need to go around certain areas, uh, perhaps pirate-infested waters. Uh, maybe they learn about uh, a weather pattern that's coming, and so they try to avoid that. Uh, or even the doldrums here, they try to avoid the doldrums uh, in order so that they don't get stranded. And so in our lives, we have many detours at, as well. Uh, detours where the Lord leads us into an area that's different than we thought, or he forbids us to go into an area. And we see this here in verse 6, where it says, Forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Now, to me, that's one of the most interesting passages in the book of Acts because here we actually see that the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, forbids Paul and his companions to preach the gospel in a certain area. And so the question comes to mind, well, uh, doesn't the Holy Spirit, doesn't God want us to preach the gospel everywhere? Doesn't he want us to go in all situations and preach? Well, he does, but it might not be you that's doing the preaching for whatever reason. Uh, maybe he's protecting us from certain things. 
Uh, maybe he's protecting Paul and the companions here, uh, knowing that they maybe will face persecutions that will lead to their death. Or maybe they will refuse to hear from him, uh, from Paul and his companions there, and someone else needs to go in there and proclaim the gospel. Maybe he was going to be throwing pearls before swine, as uh, Jesus warns against in Matthew 7, 6. And when I used to work at my barber shop, I saw many people that were hostile, hostile to the gospel. You know, I would try to talk about the Lord or whatever it might be, ask them about their spiritual life. And uh, I really sensed from the Holy Spirit that I was not to continue speaking to them. And so it was going to be somebody else's mission. I was steering around them. And the Lord may not want you to get involved in every ministry here as a Christian. There are certain ministries that he's going to steer you away from. Certain things that you have not been gifted for, but that others have. And so you don't have to worry about it not getting done. If something doesn't get done, we can be content and say, well, that must not be the Lord's will for us at this time. Or perhaps uh, there's an individual that has not stepped forward that needs to step up and get involved in that ministry. <clears throat> and so we see here now the third point that being led by the Spirit takes fortification because it's going to be a long journey. We know that much of life is a mundane journey. We see this in actually the life of a ship. Um, ship life for the sailors was filled with a lot of monotony, and so they would uh, try to fill their time with different things and uh, enjoyments, cards, games, dancing, whatever it might be, playing an instrument. And... Uh, there was a lot of activity at certain times, like a storm would come up, there'd be a lot of activity, or the wind would come up, or they're um, embarking on this uh, journey. But for much of the time, it was just mundane. And I would imagine that Paul and his companions here, uh, as they were preaching from place to place, a lot of it was mundane. It was a lot of us traveling uh, from place to place, or just sitting and talking with people. And so in your life, uh, you might hit these mundane times. Uh, mundane times like just doing the dishes and paying the mortgage and driving the kids around to their sporting events. And so these are tedious tasks in our day-to-day -day life. Paul and his companions still had to eat and work during their time. Paul was actually a tent maker and uh, was not being fully supported in his ministry. There will also be trials on the way. And we don't always need to blame the devil if a door shuts or if there's a, a trial in our uh, lives. Uh, because sometimes we see here that the Holy Spirit shuts these doors. And the big question that comes to mind for me is, how can we tell if the devil shuts a door or if the Holy Spirit is shutting a door? Well, first of all, the devil will want to completely take away the word. Uh, we see this in Mark fourteen fifteen in the parable of the sower, because it says the devil comes and snatches away the seed. And so if you find yourself in a situation where you're thinking, I don't even want to say anything about God or anything about the Lord, or I'm just going to you know, give up on this situation, that's probably the devil. That's probably the devil uh, trying to discourage you. Um, also, we see that he never opens a new door. He just wants us to quit altogether, lay down and just give up. And many Christians have done this. They've attempted a few things met with uh, a wall or resistance, and they've just given up completely. And we know that's the devil because he wants us to give up our mission or give up our charter. 
Also, he wants to shipwreck us. He wants to take us down into the depths of the ocean. We see that in John 10, 10, where it says that the devil's mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan also many times wants us to take the easy way. Uh, this would be like uh, being in the doldrums and having somebody ship out a, uh, a big steam engine and slap it on the back of your ship, and now we can take the easy way. Just keep on going where we want to go. Don't have to be led by the Spirit. Our own work ethic can get it done for us. This is where we look at, uh, for instance, in uh, Mark chapter 8, verse 33, where Peter had a particular mission in mind for Jesus. We will never allow you to be killed, Lord. Uh, and so, what did Jesus say in that instance? Get behind me, Satan. You know, Jesus uh, had a different way that he was taking, and Peter wanted him to avoid that. Uh, his, he was being led by the Spirit, Jesus was. And so, here we see Satan at work trying to sidetrack Jesus. And finally, we see that being led by the Spirit takes direction. How are we going to be led on this journey? Well, first of all, we know that we have to attempt something, right? We see this in verse 7 where it says, They attempted to go into Bithynia, right? They're attempting something. If you'll notice something about a ship, the ship's rudder is pretty useless if the ship doesn't go anywhere, right? Um, if you just weigh anchor and you go out and you just start going in a circle in the bay, not getting anywhere, uh, it's pretty useless. You have to attempt something. You have to get out of the bay. You have to get out into the open waters. And it's not until the ship is moving that direction can happen. And so you might be thinking to yourself, well, I wonder if I'm supposed to do this thing. Well, the best thing to try to do is to attempt it, right? Uh, attempt doing it and see if the doors begin to open. And this has been the case for Mary and I in our spiritual lives. Um, if we are wondering if the Lord wants us to do something or not, we just begin to kind of walk out into that. We begin to attempt it. Does God want us to move to Elam? Well, we didn't really have a, a, an audible word from the Lord, and so we began to step into that, um, begin to do the interview process, talk to the elders and, and whatnot down in Salinas, and we felt like the doors were opening. And so you have to begin to attempt something in order to know whether or not the Lord is leading you into that. But also, when the Spirit prohibits you, don't be stubborn just trying to get in. We're going to just keep fighting against the wind. We're going to keep fighting against the wave. Because then damage starts happening to your ship, to your life. And notice here with Paul and his companions, they do something very interesting in verse 8. It says, when the door closed uh, to Bithynia there, and they passed by Mysia. Right? They didn't get all worked up. They didn't get mad. They didn't shake their fist at God. What are you doing? They just passed on by. And perhaps you have a neighbor that you've been trying to talk to for years or a situation where you've tried to proclaim the gospel and you're just meeting uh, stubbornness, stubbornness. And, and so I would just encourage you, pass on by. Maybe there's a neighbor on the other side of the street or maybe there's the next neighbor over or the other co-worker or a different ministry. And you can just pass on by that opportunity for the next opportunity that uh, God has. And when he closes one door, he opens another. We see this in verse 9, where it says, A vision appeared to Paul in the night, telling them that they should go to this other place, Macedonia. And visions are not usual. I mean, there's been visions, and there are times when the Lord speaks to you directly, and, and I think that's fairly unusual. 
Um, but if you do have that kind of vision or you do feel like the Lord is leading you in a certain direction, I would encourage you to take counsel. Because even Paul here, who's the leader, right? He's the super apostle. He's the one that has met Jesus. He's the one that's um, you know, doing most of the ministry here. Uh, he talks to his companions that night after he has this dream, this vision of this man calling him down to Macedonia. And we know that he counsels with them because down in verse 10 it says, concluding, right? That little word indicates that there was some kind of conclusion that they came to as a group. Paul's talking to uh, Timothy and Silas, and he says, hey, I had this dream and I believe the Lord is leading us to Macedonia. He didn't just get up and say, all right, boys, we're heading out, right? No, concluding. And so we have that option as well. We have people around us that we can talk to and that we can uh, tell them what we believe the Lord has led us into. And with that counsel of many uh, witnesses there, um, there's wisdom in many counselors, right? But when we do sense something from the Lord, notice what the next step is in verse 10 immediately we sought to go into Macedonia. And so as soon as they knew the Lord's will, immediately, I'd say that same morning probably, they got up and they took off to Macedonia. And by the way, just because you feel the sense of the Lord and you're led into a circumstance, don't believe that everything's going to go well in that situation. In fact, when they went down to Macedonia, they all got thrown in prison. And I think that the Lord really showed them this vision to encourage them while they were facing these persecutions. And so immediately they got up. And you might think to yourself, well, Pastor Scott, I haven't done much for many, many years. And I would encourage you to go back to a time when you really felt like the Lord was leading you and look at a situation if there perhaps was a time when you said no to the Lord. You didn't immediately go into doing that thing that the Lord had called you to. And then after that, you're like, my life is dry. I don't know what's going on. That's because you didn't follow in obedience to the thing that the Lord had put before you. And so you may need to go back to that time, repent, oh, Lord, I'm sorry for not following you in that circumstance. Uh, I do want to follow you now and begin to immediately go out into that. In conclusion, when you see a large sailing vessel that's cutting through the ocean, full of cargo, Winds are uh, filling the sails. I think it's a breathtaking sight because that crew is working in harmony and there are many, many miles that are covered in a short period of time. Now picture that same crew that's trying to get across the Atlantic. And I want you to wonder about these two statements that would be the most beneficial. Let's get stronger. Uh, Lord, give me strength so I can grab some rows and row across the Atlantic Ocean. Or, Lord, fill my sails so I can cross the Atlantic Ocean. Which one is going to get you more progress? Which one's going to burn you out the quickest? And so many times, I think we pray the wrong prayer. Lord, strengthen me for the task. There's nothing wrong for praying for strength when you feel weakness. But in regard to just kind of gutting it out and doing it yourself and having more fortitude, I think that that's the lesser of the prayers that we could pray. Rather, I would pray, Lord, fill me with your spirit and you can accomplish way more than I can by the strength of my own arm. And so, are you in the doldrums this morning? 
Perhaps it's because you're trying to do it in your own strength. You're trying to row your way across the Atlantic Ocean when really what the Lord wants to do is fill you with his spirit to carry you along into that next thing that God has in front of you. And so let's pray for that right now, for God to fill us with his spirit in order that we might accomplish the things that he has for us. And Father God, I do pray for your people. I pray that as we look at the mission that you have in front of us, that you would fill us by your spirit. Help us in these things, Lord. Give us strength for the task. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon series from Elam. If you are encouraged today, would you consider supporting our online ministry through a financial contribution? Personal checks can be made out to Elam Lutheran Church and sent to 11504 26th Street, Northeast, Lake Stevens, Washington, 98258. Or you can give online at elamlutheran.net. Thank you and may God bless you the rest of your day.